0: Maybe you've been in a pitch black and we've tried to get this as dark as possible, but maybe you've been in the pitch black before and you'd remember, man, if I just had a light. Maybe it was a dark room and you were looking for a light switch. Maybe it was while you were outside, maybe in the wilderness, and you're just looking for the simplest, smallest little light you could see. See, what is it about light that can dispel the darkness? Because the smallest light... Can be the greatest help. And see, the reality is we continue our sermon series today, I want you to think about this. If you tried to get somewhere, realizing that only if you just had a little bit of light, it would be so much easier. A light switch, a bright light, a lighter, whatever it was that you could see, it would make it so much easier. See, it's amazing how just a little bit of light reveals so much. It reveals so much to our eyes how much it'll calm our emotions, it, it'll affect and help our brains make better decisions, our eyes see the truth uh, before, and it can really put our hearts at ease. Why is it in the dark that so many people become afraid? And I think it's the simple fact of this, that we don't know what's going on. We can't see what's around us. We don't see the reality of what we face. And so a simple light can be so easy to put the heart at ease. But what is it about light that chases us off or leads us into truth? I know we look at light so many times in so many different ways, and light exposes what? What does light expose? Light exposes the darkness, right? Light shows off everything that's hidden. Matter of fact, in the Bible it says, uh, in, in, in Isaiah chapter 9, it says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And on those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. What is it about light that we love? What is it about light that reveals the truth? In Psalm chapter 76, it says about Jesus, You are the radiant light, more majestic than the mountains Rich with game. And so as you think about this, as we talk about light, we jumped into our new sermon series last week called In the Light, um, and we we laid out a couple of things. But today, we're going to really dig in and see what what John says about what or who Jesus is, all right? So we're going to jump in. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 John chapter 1, we're starting in verse 5, and we're going to read on. I know the bottom of that says this. I changed this earlier this morning because I didn't feel comfortable where it ended. Um, I didn't like the way it ended, um, and I really felt like we were missing the rest of the context. So we're going to read from John chapter 1 verse 5 on to John chapter 2 verse 3, or actually through verse 2, sorry. So if you have your Bibles, 1 John chapter 1 starting in verse 5, and this is what it says. This is the message we have what? heard, all right? So John's saying, listen, before, remember, he said, look, this is the person we know. We know who God is. Why? Because we've seen him, we've heard him, we touched him. This is what's going on. And then this is what he says. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. And if you remember anything, I want you to remember this, that God is what? Light. Light. God is light. Matter of fact, we just sang that song. If you came in before uh, the, the, the beginning of the service, you heard, uh, Let our light shine bright, light shine bright. So God is light, and in him there is no darkness. There's a beauty that takes place here that we have to begin to understand and unpack because in God, God is light. God is the essence of light. God is the beginning of light. God speaks light into existence, but God is, in reality, light. So he lays that out, and in him there's no darkness. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. These are pretty harsh words, aren't they? Like, you're sitting here thinking through things, you're like, wait a second, if I claim to be a follower of Jesus, if I claim to walk in the light, but I'm walking in darkness, what, what is John saying? That I'm a liar and that I have no truth in me? If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word has no place in our lives. And then in chapter 2, he wraps up with this, my dear children, those I love, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. So as you dig in, as we dig in and unpack really what John is trying to communicate here, I want you to begin to see a number of things as we look at this. And I know we're kind of approaching this different, but I want to walk through 1 John to explain some stuff. My goal is not to belabor it or spend a ton of time, but I want you to see the, the things that John is trying to address about who Jesus is and the reality of what we're supposed to do as well as a result of walking in the light. Okay, so here's the big thing, the key point, the idea, if you remember anything, I want you to to remember this, that God's light exposes the darkest areas of our lives, and we're purified through Jesus' blood. God's light exposes the darkest areas of our lives, and we're purified through Jesus' blood. If you remember anything, that's what you need to remember, because here's the reality. A lot of us like to what? What? we like to hide. We like to keep things secret. We like to, to you know, nobody's going to know the deepest, darkest recesses of my heart because I'm not going to reveal it to them, right? We think we can hide it, but the reality is we don't hide it, do we? We don't hide very, matter of fact, we used to play this game, and I can't remember the name of it, was Sardines. Sorry, we played Sardines. As a youth pastor, Sardines was great because it kept a bunch of kids busy with little to no effort, And the goal of sardines was this. We would turn off all the lights in the church. One person goes and hides. No lights. One person goes and hides. And your goal is to find them. And when you find them, you don't tell everybody you found them. Anybody know what you do? You hide with them. And my greatest experience with sardines was to hide in the middle of a room. Why? Because when somebody goes into a dark room, what do they do? They don't want to walk into the chairs or the tables or anything else. I could literally go into a dark room, and as long as the kids followed the rules that there could be no lights, I was good. Because 95% of the kids were like, I'm not walking into that room without going around the edge. And so I'd go, and I'd sit right in the middle of the room, just Indian style, and I'd wait. And the funny thing was, man, I could sit there, and I could watch the kids come in. My eyes had adjusted and I could see him. And they talk. I don't, I don't think he's in here. No, no, let's go to the other room. And I could sit there for 30, 45 minutes. I remember one time, it was probably about 45 minutes, a bunch of them. There was a couple kids who found me, uh, but because they figured out after a while what I was doing. But this was one of those things. I mean, it was just it was the beauty of it. But listen, God exposes the darkest areas of our lives. Why? Because he's light. He's going to reveal the very thing. And so here's, I want to ask this question today. How can we walk in the light? And I'm going to give you three things I think we need to look at. Number one is the foundation of everything, all right? The foundation is this, that we have to recognize that God is light. See, a lot of times we like to think, well, I can keep things hidden. And the reality is, yeah, you can keep things hidden from everybody else, but the truth of the matter is, God sees to the deepest, darkest points in your life, the things that you may not want to reveal to anybody else, God knows, God understands, God's related to it, Jesus was tempted in every way you were tempted, and we have to understand that and recognize that God is light. In order to walk in the light, I have to understand that God is the light. And God wants to reveal to me the deepest, darkest problems I have, the worst sins as well as the simplest sins, the sins we may even look at and go, I don't really need to deal with this. I don't have to confess this. I mean, it's just a little white lie, right? No, the reality is if God is light, then we have to deal with those struggles and those things. See, the message John heard and seen, and listen again in verse 5 what he says. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. Remember last week I talked about how we were proclaiming. They used the word proclaim over and over and over again about the, this gospel that was going on. And so now this is the message we've heard. Jesus talked about this. Matter of fact, if you know anything about John, John chapter 8, the gospel of John, In John chapter 8, it says, Jesus makes this literal quote, I am the light of the world. All right? I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So Jesus makes a claim about himself, and now John is literally just saying, look, this is what I'm declaring to you, that God is light. Matter of fact, as I started to think through this, God is light. It's not a light. He's not Maybe a couple lights. He is the light. As a matter of fact, if you know anything about Scripture, all throughout Scripture, in the beginning, God created everything. What did He create first? He spoke light into existence. Why did He speak light into existence? Because the earth was formless and void and darkness existed. So the very essence of God speaks light into existence. So God is light, and then all of a sudden, guess what? He provides light. God's idea is this, that light reveals the true nature of the subject that's taking place. When God formed everything, when he made the earth and everything else, he made the light first. And in the midst of making the light, everything else was revealed as it is. Formless, void, empty. And there's no difference in what goes on in life today. Without life, without light, the life of Christ, your life will be formless, it will be void, and it will be empty because you're going to chase after everything else. You're going to try and fulfill your life in other ways, whether it's money and a job or relationships or even politics that we've seen over the last week. That's what people will fill their lives with, and that's what they'll try and make their life have meaning through, and the reality is this. Your life will always be formless, dark, and void apart from light. So you can think about that, but we can also jump all the way to the book of Revelation. In the book of Revelation, it says that when the new heavens and new earth come down, there will no longer be any sun or moon or stars because the very light will be the light of the glory of God that will shine on everything. Now, that should just be a beginning to understand what it means that God is light. So I have to understand and recognize that God is light. See, Christians ought to grow in their holiness. We ought to mature in our faith. Why? Because light gives life. That's what he's laying out, literally. This is a message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In in him, there is no darkness at all. Okay, so when I talk about growth, it's this idea of walking light. If I'm walking light, does it mean I'm going to be sinless? No. But it should mean that I sin less. doesn't mean you're going to be without sin. It just means that I want to walk in obedience to what God has called me to do. I want to walk in obedience to the gospel. I want to walk in the light as He is in the light, so that I reflect the very light and nature of God to everybody else. And so, the beauty of the gospel is this: that I'm not going to be sinless, but I can sin less because I'm walking in obedience to what Jesus has called me to do. See, light gives life, and nothing can live without light, can it? Matter of fact, there's even science things, I, I, and I oftentimes struggle because you know how they go down to the deepest, darkest parts of the ocean, and they're like, <gasps> we found something new. It lives with no light. You know, the reality is everything lives as a result of life or light, excuse me, because that thing wouldn't be able to live if it didn't eat something else that was eating something else that was a result of eating something else that was a result of life or light. So when we recognize that God is light, that's the beginning, that's the foundation of everything, that God is light, in him there's no darkness. And here's the truth, here's the reality, here's what's going on. When I am walking in a relationship with Christ, when I'm walking in obedience to what he's doing, you have to think about this, then darkness has to flee. Where there is light, there's no darkness, right? Like, I mean, if you look around this room, there's dark areas, right? Matter of fact, if we shine the spotlight, we might, you might see some cobwebs and stuff, maybe up high where we can't get to it. But if, if we were to go into some of the darkest areas and you start to inspect things, why do we inspect things with a flashlight? Why do we go into areas and want the lights turned on when we clean? Because it reveals the dirt, doesn't it? Like, I mean, I, could, I guess I could dust my house with the lights off, But the reality is, I'm probably going to hit a spot and miss a spot and not get certain areas. But when the lights are on, I can see all the dirt. I can see all the imperfections. I can see all the flaws that I need to see so that I can take care of those, so I can clean them up. And Jesus does the same thing. When He shines His light on our lives, what He's doing is He's revealing the true nature of what's going on in our life. He's exposing the darkness, He's exposing the sin. So when we recognize that God is light, That's how we can walk in the light. Why? Because God is light first and foremost. I want to walk in my relationship with him day in and day out. See, we must walk in the truth, revealing the light of God, which is Jesus. Right? So there's there's the foundation. There's the beginning of it all. But I want to go into this. I want to clarify a number of things because I think it's something we have to look at. John begins to unpack something. All right? He begins to under, unpack an understanding that a lot of us deal with. So this is the clarification. We had the foundation, which was to recognize that God is light. Now I want to clarify a couple of things. All right? So there's this clarification that's going to take place. Number one is this. We can't continue walking in darkness. All right, okay? So under the clarification, we cannot continue to walk in darkness. This is what he says in verse 6. If we claim to have fellowship with who? With, with the light, with God. If we claim to have fellowship with the light yet walk in darkness, what does it say? If we claim to have fellowship with him yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. Listen, there's a lot of people who will claim to be believers. There's a lot of people who will claim to walk in the truth. There's a lot of people who will say, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but this is the way it's going to go. Matter of fact, Galatians talks about it. Galatians says, look, you have the freedom to do what you want, but you don't live your, with, with your lives. You don't live your lives in a way that you give in to sin. All right? there are a lot of people who say, "Look, I got the Jesus, I got the fire insurance, I got the get out of hell free card, I got, I got all that stuff." But don't ask me to change my life. As a matter of fact, I've had a number of conversations with people recently. I, we were at uh, the Billy Joel concert a couple weeks ago, um, and I was sitting there, and I'm hanging out. You know, we're talking to some people, and this guy's like, "Yeah, we go to church, but you know, they don't ask me to change the way I am." Now, I don't know what he meant because I didn't really get really super deep at a Billy Joel theological, you know, we weren't having a big, huge theological conversation. But when he said, they don't ask me to change who I am, what I want you to understand is this. And he may have meant clothes or he may have meant appearances. I don't know. But I also want you to think about this, that the call of the gospel is that you change who you are because you are a new creation. I'm not talking about outward looks. Because the Bible says that God doesn't look at the outward appearances like man does, that God looks at the inward heart, all right? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this. If you can walk through life consistently, walking in darkness, walking into situations and scenarios to say, I know it's wrong, but I don't give a squat. I know I shouldn't do it. I know I'm going against what God's Word says, but I could care less. I'm going to do this. Then you have to begin to understand what John is laying out. If we claim to have fellowship with Him yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. These are pretty harsh words, aren't they? Because you're sitting there going, wow, wait a second here. All right? What I want you to understand is this, and I think there are a number of things. We all sin. We all struggle. But when you knowingly, consistently walk in a way that says, I don't care what the truth says. I don't care what the Bible says. I don't care what Jesus says. I'm going to do my own thing. I got my fire insurance. I got my get out of hell free card. But I'm going to do my own thing. What you're saying is you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You do not understand that God is light. And when God is light, he reveals the deepest hurts, problems, anger, struggles, and sin that you can ever deal with in your life. So the clarification is, we can't continue walking in darkness. So I just asked this question. Just like I did earlier when I said, have you ever walked through a darkened area? Maybe it was a darkened maze. We had, uh, when, we were, when I was a youth pastor in Texas, the first couple years, we did this maze in our church. Our church had this uh, Halloween, uh, what did we call it, fall festival, whatever. I don't remember what it was, but fall festival. And one of the roles, when I, I got there, the, the, the youth pastor before had started this. We got all kinds of boxes, and we made a maze. This maze was a monster. I mean, it's probably, I don't know, probably from that post there to this wall all the way across, and we made it out of cardboard boxes. Pitch black, cardboard boxes. You know, kids had to crawl through it. Some parents went through it too as well. All right, it took us forever. It took us like two and a half weeks to put it together. Um, I spent almost $500 on duct tape. I'm not joking because we had to tape the boxes together. (laughs) It was like, I just spent $500 on duct tape. So we did that two years and I said, we're not doing that anymore because it cost us too much money for stupid duct tape. Um, But anyways, the whole idea is this. Maybe maybe you've walked through that darkened maze. Maybe you have, have been outside and you're looking for that answer to life. But darkness is found in the heart of every man. Every person has darkness in their life. And yet when we acknowledge who Jesus is, when we put our faith and trust in him, when we realize that God is light, God brings light into the deepest, darkest parts of our life. Even the things you may or may not want somebody to ever know. God reveals it to you. He shows you your sin and he says, look, we can't continue to walk in darkness. Number two on this, on the clarification, I want you to see what we see. We must continue to pursue walking in the life. We must pursue or walking in the light, all right? We must continue to pursue this. Listen to what he says in verse seven. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus' the Son purifies us from all sin. So here's, here's the reality. Here's what's going on. If we want to be in Christ, we walk in Christ. We walk in the light. We pursue walking in the light. It's a continual pursuit of that. And listen to what he says as a result. If... We walk in the light as he is in the light. What do we have? We have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all our unrighteousness. Okay? As a matter of fact, I want to unpack this because I want you to understand just a little bit about this idea of, of being in the light. And I want you to understand this, this term. But when we when we talk about this, we have to understand that our, our footsteps are sure when we walk in the light. Our our path is clear. We can see the obstacles around them. I, I've told you this story before. We were hunting in Wyoming. Um, my, my dad and I got an elk. We were 2.8 miles from the cabin, but we got this elk at like four o'clock. All right. Now it's it's October. Okay, 2.8 miles from cabin. It's 4 o'clock at night. What's coming up? Yeah, because we're in the mountains. We're 6,000 feet, all right? It's going to get dark. So we get the animal cleaned up. We get it hung up in the tree. It's starting to get dark. I mean, the sun's set already behind the mountains, and we start to hike back to the cabin. Luckily, my dad had this little... He's got a hat with, like, these three tiny little LED lights on it, and I luckily... It, I just look at it, I, I brought a small light. Because when we got to the top, we were now at two miles away from the cabin, it was pitch black. Now you have to understand in 2002 and in 2012 there were forest fires. So now we got all the downed trees that are a result of these forest fires because the forest fires go in, burn the stuff down, the trees eventually you know fall over because of the wind and everything else. And so we're making our way back. Now I got the head of the elk on my back which is always great because it's pitch black and we know there are mountain lions and we know there are coyotes and we know that there are black bears in the area and I got this head of the elk on my back and we're hiking back into pitch black and the problem was this I thought I knew which way I was going but I could only see about five feet in front of me five to eight feet maybe because the light was just just bright enough for me to see got me back But it took us a lot longer because I ended up taking us down a ravine that we never go down. We hate going down this ravine because it's treacherous. And when I got down in there, I went, "Uh uh-oh. Because I look up, and about 100 feet in the air is nothing but like this sheer rock cliff. And I could just make out, like I said, about the first maybe 10 feet, 15 feet, and I'm like, uh, rocks. Oh, this is not good. Because the choice is I can go back up where we came because we dropped off into the ravine. Or I just continue to go down. But light? Man, if I would have had this light, oh my gosh. I would have never gone down the wrong path. Because I could have seen where I was going. And so here is the truth. Here is the reality. When we walk in the light, we begin to have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all of these unrighteousness. And so I want you to understand what takes place in this and, and, and really begin to unpack it, all right? So we walk in the light, he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin, all right? Now starting in verse 8, we're going to kind of jump into this. So we have fellowship with one another. It's a, not a one-way relationship, but we relate to each other through what? We relate to each other through the light. Why? Because the blood of Jesus purifies us from all of our unrighteousness. So in this relationship, we're purified by the blood of Jesus, all right? But I want you to see something else in the clarification, and we're going to jump on into verse 8. If we claim to be without sin, who do we deceive? Ourselves, right? The claim to be without sin is the biggest self-deception, the biggest self-denial you'll ever have. So if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Why? Because if we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word has no truth or no place in our lives. And so listen, here's what I want to do as we unpack. We're still on the clarification part to a certain extent, but we can't continue walking in darkness. Why? Because if we claim to have no sin, we're making Jesus a liar. Listen again what he says. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. See, sinlessness, or the sinless claim is really self-deception. It's claiming to be sinless and in reality, it's a sin. So maybe you've met somebody, or maybe it's something like this. I've met people who in the past would say, that's great, but you're going to tell me that we've all sinned because Adam. Yeah. Yes. That's what Scripture unpacks. It's just this idea. Listen, I've never had to be taught how to do things wrong or to do wrong. Wrong just kind of came natural for me. I mean, my parents didn't go, hey, Brian. You want to learn how to fight? Let me teach you how to go up to a kid and just punch him in the face. Or let me teach you how to cause trouble or to talk back or to... That never happened. Let me teach you how to pick on your sister. Never had to be taught that, did I? Let me teach you what it is to be addicted to something. No, I never had to be taught that why because it's natural it's the heart's inclination to automatically know and do wrong things instead i had to learn to be right i had to learn to do things correctly i had to learn to walk learn to act learn to treat people with respect is that not i mean respect doesn't come naturally usually respect is taught respect is earned but respect is taught you give everybody respect that's what i was taught no matter who You always treat somebody with respect. So those are things that we begin to see. Okay, look, hey, this is the big picture, all right? But if we claim to have no sin, we make Jesus a liar. So here's the big thing. Claiming to be sinless, in other words, that there is no sin, is the first sin in and of itself. So he lays that out. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, okay? That's the big thing. But then jump down to turn. If we claim we have not sinned, in other words, now we're going from this. Not just this original sin mentality, but this I've never done anything wrong mentality. Then he says, here's the big picture. If we claim we have not sinned, we make Jesus out to be a liar. Why? Because Jesus said, look, you guys have all screwed up. You're all messed up. Darkness comes naturally. Light, I bear truth. To the darkness. I show the way. I show what's going on. So listen, that's the big picture. And listen to what he says. I love verse 9 and what how he unpacks that, all right? If we confess our sins. So we walk in the light, all right? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins, okay? So here's the big picture, and here's the reality of what's taking place, and and, and it really is, if we claim to be without sin, what we're saying is, I don't need Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. It's a denial of the need for Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, okay? But in this relationship, if we're purified by the blood of Jesus, that is to say, because Jesus died for our sins, because his blood was shed for our sins, we're forgiven, then we are united together in fellowship, all right? And we have all been cut from the same cloth. We all have this problem, but I want you to th- see this big picture. If we confess our sins, what's it say? If we confess our sins, He is, what? Faithful and, you can cheat. It's in your Bible. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us, or, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So here's the big picture. The way to cleanse our sin is to uncover it in what? Confession. If we confess our sins. A matter of fact, it might even be a little bit more like this. I read a thing earlier this week. If we were to paraphrase this, In a way that maybe made a little more sense. The wording in the verse could be paraphrased this way He will forgive the sins we confess and will even cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's a hard one because in today's church, confession usually doesn't happen. It's like, no, no, I can't reveal the struggles. I can't reveal the difficulties. I can't reveal my flaws. I can't reveal my problems. I can't reveal my darkness. Why? Because God is light. Yes, the very truth is this, that when your darkness is revealed and God's light is reflected upon you, God gets the glory, not you. But the reality is when we don't confess, what we say is it's all about me and I've got to do my work and I've got to do my way and everybody else doesn't need to see how God can work in my life. So we must pursue walking in the light through confession. Matter of fact, the Bible lays out this way. Not only is he faithful and just to forgive, but if there is any sin, that you would confess it to another brother. Confess your sins one to another. It's this idea, listen, it's not to brag on what you've done. Matter of fact, confession carries this idea of an admission of wrong. So, I'm not saying you go around and you tell everybody what you're doing, but you need to make sure that you are confessing before God first and foremost, and to maybe even some other people of those things that's going on. Matter of fact, it may look a little something like this. In today's world, we want to look at the flaws, the problems, the faults, and difficulties of who? You all are going to hell. Look at the way you're acting. And what Jesus is saying is right here, it has to be an internal reflection and a confession on your part. In other words, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that God is light, should shine that light so far into the deepest, darkest recesses of your own life that you begin to look at your life and go, man, I have this to confess. Even a simple little quote unquote white lie that you know is true, you need to confess. Why? Because listen again to what he says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Remember this, and I carry it in this way, and I always think about it this way. When I have known when my kids have done wrong, and I go to them and ask them, hey, tell me the truth for me you're going to get a lot farther if you said man I just screwed that thing up I'm sorry I didn't do what you told me to do I'm confessing I didn't listen or I'm confessing I didn't do what you asked me to do that's going to go a lot farther with me and listen it's the same way that God works God I've been disobedient God I've been angry God I've been impatient God, I've been unforgiving. God, I've been unloving. God, I have lashed out in anger. I've lashed out in hate. I've said things I shouldn't have said. And while we all sit back and go, man, yeah, 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 yeah. The question is this, are you confessing that day in and day out? Because he says, I will forgive you the sins you confess. Is the idea or paraphrase that he's saying there that when you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of those sins. I have no doubt that there are sins that we carry that we think, man, I'll just go to my grave with them. And you maybe, not, maybe haven't even confessed them to the Lord yet, that God, I know I have done wrong. And I want to walk in the light. Listen to me, what the world needs today is not more Christians to speak out in hatred and anger and vengeance and let people know how screwed up they are. You know what the world needs today? More Christians who are going to confess their unrighteousness, their unholiness, they are going to confess their sins. Why? Here's the reason why. Not to be people who brag about our faults and flaws, but because Jesus, when you confess, forgives those. And guess what? You walk in the light. I always think about lightning bugs. When you put a lightning bug in a jar, you ever done that? Put a lightning bug in a jar and they kind of light off, light, 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 light. Listen, when I confess my sins and he forgives me and I'm walking in the light the way he is in the light, when I'm walking around just like a lightning bug shining that light, when I'm walking around in work or school or wherever else it is, I'm reflecting the very light and nature of God. So that's the clarification. I believe it's very important. Matter of fact, I would even say one of the best things we can do is to confess our sins. Matter of fact, I, I, I say this, nothing you confess will make Jesus love you any less. Nothing you confess will make Jesus love you any less. And here's the last one. So we had the, the foundation of everything that God is like. We had the clarification of what we need to look at. And then here's what I believe that John really unpacks in the last part is the persuasion. Listen to what he says, "'My dear children, I write this to you "'so that you will not sin.'" All right? Doesn't mean you're gonna be sinless. Doesn't mean you're gonna never sin again, but he says, "'I want to write this to you "'so that you will not sin.'" In other words, that you will chase after God, but then he clarifies it. He, He clarifies his persuasion. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. Here's the beauty of it. A lot of people want to give up when we hit the darkness. A lot of people want to give up when you have the struggles. A lot of people are like, man, I did this again. I'm an utter failure, so I just need to walk away. I'm going to walk away from the church. I'm going to walk away from God. God's not going to love me. No, there's nothing you can do that's going to make Jesus love you any less. Because listen to what happens. If anyone does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. He is our advocate. He is the person who will defend us when the accuser accuses us of of something we've never done. In other words, when Satan casts that, that stone out, when Satan accuses you of things that you have done, and he says, look, you're no good. You're a piece of trash. Give up on life. Give up on everything else you do. Don't worry about God doesn't love you because look at who you are. Look at the biggest piece of trash. You are it. When that... Prosecuting attorney and Satan does that. Jesus stands before him and says, Ain't no way, bro. I have got his defense. Why? Because I am his advocate. And it's not just the fact you got to think about it in this way. If God the Father is sitting in the judge's seat, and the persecutor, or the prosecutor is Satan, and he's trying to levy every, levy every attack upon you, every sin you've ever done, and Jesus is the defense attorney. Not only is he your, is he your advocate, but it would be like being found guilty, and Jesus says, "I'm taking the price." I will pay the penalty. I will be the one who does what he cannot do for himself. I am the one who will do it. I will bear the weight and the consequences of your sins and your actions. Why? Because he's our advocate. He fights for us. He already fought for us, and he's already won the victory. That's the persuasion that Paul get, or that, that John gets to right here, the persuasion to walk in the light but when you sin you have to know this that Jesus he is our atoning sacrifice he is our propitiation he is the one that takes our place listen to verse 2 he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for ours but also for the sins of the whole world so here's what I want to tell you today believer or non believer people who have not confessed when you don't confess your sins you're walking in darkness but when I confess my sins he's faithful and just why because he's revealed the light has already revealed the deepest, darkest parts. He's exposed the flaws. He's exposed the sin nature. He's exposed my inadequacies, my false beliefs. And in that though, he wants you to walk in the light with no condemnation. Why? Because the Bible says that there, are, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so Jesus is our atoning sacrifice. Jesus is the propitiation. He is the substitute for us. He is the one who is calling us. He is the one who is drawing us. He is the one who has paid the price for our sins. And here's the beauty of it. It's not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. Anyone who hears and responds to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ can be saved. That's the beauty of the gospel, that I realize that my life on my own is going to lead me into deep, dark areas. I would hate to think about where I could be at, and I mean that seriously, where I would be at without a relationship with Christ, where my marriage would be, where my life might be, how my kids might respond how I would look at things in life, how I may look at situations in life. I would hate to know what it's like. One of the reasons I believe that we struggle so much in a society, in a world today with suicide and depression, a lack of adequacy, a drug and alcohol abuse and everything else, the reason we struggle with that, I believe wholeheartedly is this. Because we want to keep the dark things dark and we want the light only in certain situations and settings. When the truth is this, that Jesus, when I put my faith and trust in Jesus, when I walk in obedience to Jesus, when I follow him, when I walk in the light as he is in the light, Jesus wants to lead us down the path of righteousness. And he says, look, I'm going to give you step by step directions on what to take, where to go, how to be obedient, how to follow me. Why? Because your word is truth. Listen again to how he finished up in verse 10. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. But listen to what Jesus' word says. I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against God. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. You are a light, or you're a city on a hill. You are a light in the darkest times. And Jesus gives us every step that we should take so that we can walk in obedience. Why? Because God is light. And in him there's no darkness. Let's pray. And maybe where you're at today, maybe you've never, maybe you would say, I've never confessed my sins. I have never tried to turn from darkness. I haven't walked in obedience. I haven't even put my faith and trust in Jesus. But I'm here to tell you today that Jesus is your defense attorney. He is your advocate. He is the one who paid the price for you. He is the one who went to bat for you. He's the one who goes to the Father for you even now. And so maybe you feel like you have walked in darkness for too long. And you would say, I want to walk in the light. There's the beauty of what takes place in the book, of, in the Bible, is this. It says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you would be saved. It's as simple as that. And maybe you'd say, That's me for the first time. My life, I've never done that before. I want to follow Jesus in obedience. I'm going to put my faith and trust in him. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins because I couldn't pay for it. He exposes the darkness of my heart. But he rose again, offering me life, bearing light to me, showing me the way. And I believe that he rose again. If that would be you today, here's what I encourage you to do. Is you can come and talk to me. Just very simple. You can do it here um, at the end of this service, right here is where we start to sing. You can talk to me at the end back by the door, but I want you to nail it down. It's a decision. It's a decision to walk in obedience. It's a decision to say, look, I don't want to walk in darkness. I want to walk in the light. That's the beauty of this decision. But here's the other thing Christian, believer, church member, wherever you're at. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. What is it in your life maybe today that you just need to confess so that you can walk in the light, you can experience more life, more enthusiasm in life, more enthusiasm for the gospel, more obedience to what God has called you to do. What is it that you need to confess today? And maybe it means you need to come up here and pray. Maybe it just means you need to grab your husband or wife and pray where you're at. But I encourage you that we confess our sins so that we will be forgiven. Father, we know Today that you are at work. We know that your spirit is moving. He's active. He's drawing us. Matter of fact, he's even convicting right now. Maybe there's some unconfessed sin in our life. Maybe there's other issues that we face, some struggles and difficulties. God, I pray that we would understand the reality that we can confess our sins and you are faithful. You are right. You are just and you will forgive us of those sins. God, if there's anybody here today who's never walked in obedience. They've never put their faith and trust in you. They've never called on the name of Jesus that they would do that very simply here today. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.